Yo, you might have just ended my life, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a circular <laughs> object cut into triangles, put into a square box. Right. So if you understand that, I then can. you'll be able to understand women. I think I've known that from like, I was like 14. I'm never going to understand a woman. Ever. Well, I think I was today years old when I thought about that. Sure, sure, sure. About a minute ago. For sure. No, not about yeah. five seconds ago. That's crazy, Joe. What the hell just happened? Right. Anyways, where were we, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're is there anything out. further yeah now we're in the water yeah is there any life out in the sea that you want to know about not at all all of it yeah none of it all of it i'm good with what's on the surface is it cracking real i hope <laughs> otherwise otherwise what is it so deep for right wait a minute can we back what the what? Look, you don't want to find a drop? Joe, I just found the drop. You don't have to go in the water, but just to know somebody did it for us and was like, oh shit, we have a cracking. Now you know. No, because that means I can't go anywhere now. Why not? Yes, not you going near a body of water. We're in a landlocked state. We're, We're not, not touching water. But we have Lake Mead. Here's the thing. Yeah, because the cracking's coming to Lake Mead, brother. <laughs> the Lake Mead barely has water. So my, my son and I, <laughs> 40 years we'll find it, just started a podcast, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And we were talking about scary things on our podcast. And he is afraid of deep water. Deep water where he doesn't know what's underneath it. And so I was like, are you scared of the cruise ship? And he's like, no, I'm excited about it. But I, I'm a little afraid of the water. And I was like, well, you know, what if a cracking comes up and, and eats the ship? And he's just like... It's like, I mean, we drowned, and that's scary. I don't want to drown. I want to die quickly, you know? And yeah, that's why the Kraken's there. Right. And so, yeah, no, he was just like, but I was like, do you not want to go? And he's like, no, I want to go. So at least he's facing his fears, and that's clear, you know? It could be worse, because there is, I want to say, an Egyptian god that is basically a flying... Nubius. He's a Nubius. I, I just did random words. Oh, no, I don't think he's Nubius. <laughs> No, it's either it's either it's either Egyptian or it might be like uh, Aztec, but it's a flying squid. Pretty much, it's a flying kraken, but it looks like a head. Yeah, I'll pull it up for you later. Shit, just crazy. I will let you do it now. You know, the crazy part is every time we get into this conversation of how irrational my fear of the open water may be, you guys make it that much worse. But why? It's just look death. Being afraid of the open water is like being afraid of the sky. Just as many things probably live in the sky that you can't see, that live in the water. And so... I spent most of my life looking down. Oh, okay. So That's even time? worse, because you don't know what's coming then. You can't see it coming. Right. But in the water, I can, because I'm looking at it. 90% sure, 99% sure dragons are real. You're That's just lit. never looking up. That would be lit. Okay, why is a dragon cool, but the Kraken isn't? Same size. But the Kraken can't kill you if you're landlocked. A dragon could definitely. Yeah. The Kraken can't kill me, period, because I'm not going in the water. <laughs> but but a dragon got you on lock all day. That's one hell of a way to go out. Is Would you be sad saying that you went out killed by a dragon? I think you go out faster. I wouldn't be sad by. saying I went out going by the Kraken. I mean, either way, you won't be able like to say you're dead. Right. I know. See, look. Look. See, look. If this, okay, hold on. If this cruise ship goes down for any reason that we go on, right? I don't I don't care if it hit an iceberg. You guys come on the podcast for me and tell everybody I went out fighting the Kraken. I would love that. Not a crackhead. A crackhead. 
<laughs> yeah, we do. We do with those a lot. We live in Vegas. I mean, think of we live in Vegas. Like, yeah, let's find a crackhead. Joe locked with crackhead, y'all. Let's find a crackhead in open seas. The next thing you know, Joe never came back. Well, I mean, you he went to the store to get some milk, and I haven't seen it. Look, it is. You gotta find a crackhead in open seas. You're not coming back. Facts. Yeah, you're still. I think it's about battle you still lose for sure, for sure. Hmm. I mean, in all fairness, I'm just not going on the seat. So anything that happens in this what day, I automatically forfeit. I, I respect just, your decision. I just accidentally bought you a ticket for the cruise. And since you love making other people happy, my only happiness would be if you My death. No, not your death. If you went with us. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted me to die, Joe, just say it. <laughs> I don't want you to die. I want you to experience the fun that is the open ocean, deep water. Ah, that's the best fun, which is near death. No, not near death, but it is exciting. But isn't the best fun near death? Yeah, probably. I don't know. We'll know once you're on the cruise ship. Yeah, you see this? There's about 17,000 images that you're going to scroll through right now that'll show you every reason I'm not going near the water. Like, look at this, bro. We. Right, like, bro, that is dope. It's not. But the thing is, like, I am not going to, you know, like, we have the technology to send robots. Look, in look, case I don't know, we're looking at pictures of this super oh, yeah. demented Kraken. <laughs> look, if I'm in that boat that's right there, yeah, that's and there's thing. that thing in the water, I'm scared to death. Yeah. But excited as hell all at the same time. Yeah, that, that's the main problem. <laughs> if I see actually you know, we're not even going to do a what if because I'm not going to be in that boat well, come on no. come on come on <laughs> wrong, by the way. don't look at it bro <laughs> what is that this is the world serpent That's guys look at this I'm in the world serpent sorry guys we pulled up a picture of the world serpent because now we're stuck on these giant creatures God of War this is the steel from God of War Okay. But yeah, this is a hit. Like, that's dude, but his whole body, head to tail, like his tail is right by his head right now, but it, it circles the entire earth as we know it. Okay, so now this is this is a god, right? It, it is a god, yes. I oh, no, it's from Asgard. Yeah, no, no, it's a god, but I... So it's a Norse. It's a no, yeah, it's Norse, okay. mythology. it's Norse mythology. I think this is one of Loki's kids. Okay. I think along with the, you know, Loki's wolf kid, that scary wolf dude. Yeah. I think this is one of his, his other kids too. His name's Jim, right? Is it Jim? I don't know. Jim got scary. Jim the wolf kid. <clears throat> yeah. And Pete the world serpent. That's why they just go by their original titles, the world serpent, because no one's scared of Pete. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know who Pete was, are you still right? Really it was like, oh, look, if, if look, and see what Pete Davidson's done to Kanye. <laughs> no, but if you're like, look, we can't go over there. There's Pete. You're like, I don't really, not scared of a Pete. Or hey, we can't, you know, enter this. Jim's there. Yeah, I'm not real scared of Jim. It's only a problem when they have their Peters up. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. If it's Jim and Peter and they're Peters, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I'm the worst at holding it a lot, bro. In any, in any serious situation where, like, I want to be serious and have these, like, innuendos that we joke around with, I'm the first one to laugh, and I try my darndest to bite my lip, to hold it in. I can't, especially around being Matt, like, around being around Matt, I can't, I can't help myself, bro. Dude is the funniest. I think I'm the best dude at straight face, say the most absurd shit you'll ever hear in your life. And he won't laugh one bit. 
I mean, Matt's definitely taking the straight face crown. Matt never, Denner never laughs, but he'll say the most funniest shit you'll ever hear in your life. But does he mean it? That's the crazy part. You can never tell because Matt doesn't have a change of facial expression. Oh, yeah. Matt's like Jeff, but with actual sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, Jeff has a sense of humor. I've seen it. Does Jeff? Yes. <laughs> How many times? In... That sense of humor, I mean, he's going to tell a joke and you laugh, not him laugh. <laughs> like, Matt's telling me jokes that Matt's not smiling. Okay. While we're I, rolling on the floor. I laugh because I appreciate a good dad joke. Fair You know? Yeah. Matt will say anything that's not like a dad joke. Matt and will be standing there. He'll stand there like this all the time. He'll say something. Both of us could be on the ground rolling, laughing. You'll come around, you're just going to see Matt like this. I think the most I've ever heard him do is when we're on the floor, he's, ah, and he'll walk away. He's like on vacation, I guarantee. Like when he said he, yeah, he is, but I don't know what vacation. Oh. When he likes when they fart during, we're on the floor, bro. He ran out to the floor. I don't imagine. And he's sitting there, he's like, ah. I just love how you guys messed up the question so poorly. By no, way, no, no, it wasn't you, messed up. You have to, you have to reiterate the question. And then I'll give, I'll give, a real answer, and we'll hear Stone's answer. So ask the question. I'm not again. sure if we want to hear Stone's it's answer. I do. Let's open. Let's open it up to to the crown. You know our audience out here. So, the crown, welcome to you guys. You know the question that was asked the other day. You know, and it seemed to cause a mass hysteria and confusion amongst a few people. Was what is your biggest non-sexual turn-on? Now, my answer to the question was, I like when a female is intellectually stimulating. I can carry a super intelligent conversation about a, a real mundane, you know, subject for hours. You know, I think that's attractive. Stone, your answer. Before I want to preface this, because I also said, Joe, listen, no, just real quick preface. I, I did say, Byron, I do like a good intellectual. Then he followed up with, now what if she's a butterface? Everything looks good, butterface. I then said, a paper bag. <laughs> That's not how it was put to me. <laughs> no, but that was the context. To me I was... then said, a paper bag is my favorite non-sexual turn-on. But how... That, that's... That, look. It didn't sound good. It doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound good, good from now. now. It, it, <laughs> you gotta understand why Then or now, <laughs> you just said a paper bag and left it at that. Now, the imagination of the world said, What? <laughs> A paper bag? For what purpose? How are we looking at paper bags, rectangular objects with only five sides as attractive non-sexual? Like, hey, that is a damn good looking paper bag. I can put those two in it. Hey, you got paper bag? I'm gonna take that home. <laughs> You know, anybody bringing their lunch to school when Stone was young, you're gonna throw that paper bag away? Can I get, can I get it? Can I get that paper bag? Can I, hey, you want that? Well, my lunch? No, the paper bag. Can I get that? Can I get that? Bag? I need that paper bag. Now, that was taken out of context though. Like, it was it? He said she was a butterface. And I was like, okay, throw the paper bag over. That's all you need. 
Right, that's the non-sexual turn on. Because I'm still taking the physical ice cream. She's reiterated. Look. Look. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you put the paper back, it shouldn't be turning you on. <laughs> that's what you are stating. That the paper bag is the turn on. Don't matter where it is, bud. I'm not one to jump. I'm not kink shaming anybody. However, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be, gonna be a thing. This shit, okay. Yeah, you for sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, you're <laughs> Woo! But, yeah. Byron, what is your biggest non sexual turn on? I mean, never got that answer. I'm a huge accent guy. Okay. Accents, sweaty. <clears throat> Are there some better than others? And is there an accent you're hard no to? I'm a hard yes to a Hispanic accent, a hard no to like really a European accent. And but I, now European, you have like 1,700 different. Oh, that feel like a, a German accent or a Russian accent? Anything that involves a. That's a German accent. <laughs> what? What about a British accent? So you just don't like women growling at. Look, 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 you're at the age. You should be right in that cougar wheelhouse. I'd be trying. Oh, 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 yeah, but as soon as she goes, you're out. She's she growling at you. going to be more No, yeah. And I'm going to And then we're going to into the sunset, you know? No, I get it. I get it. I get it. That's crazy. Joe, you got something for us to, to bring this back together. Man, we're having some fun times though. Good times. We're having a great time. I uh, all right, let me see. I had something for us, guys. And you're about to read the notes too. So just go ahead and read with me. How far in? All right. Uh, maybe like forty minutes. So listen, we're talking about this because Amanda, she is a fanatic right now of rewatching 90210. Legendary show though. Sure. Fantastic show. I've never seen it. Really? Yep. Great show. You gotta watch the original though. The the eighties, nineties, you great show. So anyways, they had an episode where one of the guys were getting married. They had a bachelor, bachelorette party. Now, before I do get to my initial question, what is your ideal bachelor party? And I'll start with actually the non-married guy right here. What is your ideal bachelor party? My, I don't know. I haven't even thought this far. Like, Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm one of those guys who doesn't think that far like into the future and stuff. So like, I kind of take everything day by day. But just to keep this, you know, to keep this purposeful, let me think real quick. My ideal bachelor party would involve. Oh, that. What happens at a bachelor party? Real life. Like, honestly, let me ask that question before I get into it because I really don't yeah. know. No, I mean, so a bachelor party doesn't entail of anything crazy, but it's it typically it's with one of your boys, one of your close boys coming up with the party, and it's your last go round of being a quote unquote single man. Right. Okay. But like, you can you have every say to do at your party what you want to do too. Um, honestly, I don't even know if I'd have a bachelor party, but if I would, it'd probably just be like a little hotel room. Me and the guy would kick a drink. I'm not really like big on like the clubs, strippers, and things like that. So like I really don't know what else it would consist of. Like I don't know if I would have a last like hoorah as a single man. Like right. just because nothing has changed. Like from my point of view, nothing changed from the day before when you were with your woman 
to the day, two days after we're gonna, you're officially married, you're by the state. Yeah, because I mean, even now, like being single, you know, not having anybody to, you know, entertain or like uh, answer to. Like, I don't. I still don't have interest in strip clubs, clubs, or anything that would normally be your under the category of a single activity, mm-hmm. like those kind of things. I'd rather still just be in the house chilling, yeah. smoke sure. dope, yeah, maybe drink here and there, just doing a normal day thing with the boys, probably. And then Joe, I know. I mean, for the folks that don't know, listen for the first time, you eloped, mm-hmm. right? So. I'm sure you got you probably a little get together, but did yeah. you ever have a bachelor party at all after? No, not no. at all. No. So do you have no. like a deal then if you so were thrown bachelor parties? Okay. You know. Um and yeah, I mean basically so basically bachelor parties, you ask the groom what he wants. You know, and it can be from anything to, hey, yeah, I want to blow out at a strip club and to hang out and drink with my boys and, you know, see a bunch of women flaunting around. All right, cool. I've seen bachelor parties where, oh, hey, you know, I just want one more hunting trip with my boys because we might not be able to do this. I've seen bachelor parties where, hey, let's get together and have a video game tournament with all my buddies one last time. One super big hurrah. We're all together. We're all just, you know, beating the new Halo or whatever together as buddies because now that i'm married i'm committed to her i might not be here with my boys all the time Mm. um so that's ultimately what a bachelor party is you know and then same thing with a a bachelorette party you know it's one more time her out with her girls big blowout celebrating your next step into marriage but also it's it's kind of a, a parting ways with your friends you know hey we're here for you all the time but we understand you know you're committed to a partner now mm. and since you're committed to your partner we understand that you won't be around all the time let's live it up this one last party for you one last time you know what i'm saying where it's all of us uninhibited i think it's the purpose but lately i've been hearing of these co-ed bachelor bachelorette parties where you know they're just like well no we've been together for you know, two years now, because I, I feel couples these days are together a lot more longer than you can in the past. That's nobody. So, you know, you've been together five years already, but technically you're married. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're like, well, no, we, you know, there's no one last hurrah as a single female or male because we're already committed. We're five years deep. You're committed. So let's go have a co-ed party together before we get married with right. one of our friends. And I feel with that, something's lost, you know, because there, there, is, there is an element of male bonding. There is an mm-hmm. element of female bonding that, you know, you're, you're different when it's just your boys. You're different when it's, you know, you're just around your girls or whatever. So I'm kind of against those. And I don't, I don't know why everything you know, parties in general like that, that have traditionally been, you know, one gender or the other, are becoming so co-ed. Because we don't know who anybody is anymore. It could be. Yeah. I mean, so the only reason why I bring that up, I'll I'll, I'll answer, I guess, my deal is, like, it's it's really just a steak dinner. I want my boys to come by, you know, either we're at home or we go out. Let's Let's get a little steak dinner, go and get some drinks flowing, shoot the shit, do what we do every day, but it's gonna be us guys. Right. Now, my, my general question on why I brought this up is where was 
the perception that males are the ones to to get the hotel room with the strippers and I'll do this big thing. We're gonna be stupid, probably not even have your wedding now because you wanna do some stupid shit the day before. When like anytime I see a bachelorette party visualized, made into a TV adaption, movie adaption, you know, they're the ones doing all this crazy shit. But like, the guys are just chilling. Like, where do we get that negative? Because they gotta go all out. Because I think, okay. I think when females get into relationships, they have this thing where, or they have this mindset where they feel like, especially nowadays, where they, they feel like it strips them from their freedom. So that's why when they have their bachelorette parties, they be getting all that kind of freedom that you basically can't say no to. Right. So basically they can be around the guys. They can have the male strippers, you know, the sexy, attractive guys that they've been looking at and that, whatever the case may be. And you can't get mad at them because they're just living it up. Right. You can't get mad when you see the videos of that one guy stripper who you know should be attracted to if they weren't in the bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. And he's dancing on her and doing whatever. And she's entertaining, doing whatever she's doing, being drunk is who knows what yeah. you know probably trying to leave me in for her kids and do all this extra and you just can't get mad why because it's her bachelorette party right but that it's like you know that just that the whole perception of that concept is like bro you guys were together for five years before you got married why is it this one day before you quote unquote get married but all it is some paper from the state when you guys have been doing this thing for the past five years Right. now you want to blow it off right. you know what i'm saying like why right that whole i get the whole concept of that bachelor 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 parties like i man it's gonna be any other given sunday we're chilling we're hanging out that's it you know i want to do this for my bachelor party honestly eat some food that's it but yeah i seen that because they were, they throw some party the girls had their strippers the guys were playing cards and i was like where where did we get all the shit but let's yeah, well, no, because look look and and that's today's and i think the girls are like that today because of you know the stigma from the the you know 70s 60s 70s and 80s when male bachelor parties were hey we're gonna get a bunch we're gonna rent a suite like the the bachelor party from the 80s the movie right the whole premise of the movie was to get a bunch of hookers and cocaine and party and like a rock star and and maybe maybe the whole premise i guess in general for the whole party is to be tempted one last time to see if you're going to remain faithful to this person forever. Because, okay, if is that one last, and this might be a little deep, but is that one last party, you and your boys, the girl, and you are unfaithful at your bachelor party, you know what I'm saying? Okay, is that gonna set the precedent for the rest of your marriage? Because if you can say, if you can't say no to this temptation, mm -hmm. are you gonna not say no to temptations the rest of your marriage? Right. So at a bachelor, bachelor party, maybe it's it's, you know, your friends testing you. Hey, here's this temptation, here's the ultimate temptation that and if you can say no to this, then yeah, you're ready to get married. Go ahead and get married. Hop in because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you're <clears throat> super attracted to the this female this male you know bachelor bachelorette party uh and if you can say no to this you know dancer that you're super attracted to that's not gonna say no to you on any level mm -hmm. then yeah you're ready to get married and be committed to one person for the rest of your life so then let me ask this question and since we're on this topic at the moment so do you feel like 
bachelor parties are that are the test to be like can you make it through the relationship with the temptation being in your face or do you think that we made them that way I think it's a little column A, a little column B. I think we've more so put the pressure on amping it up and making the party crazier and crazier. Mm -hmm. But I think a premise, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole idea behind it stems from that. Can you, you know, remain, can you say no to temptation? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me switch up the question to you a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, rather than, you know, it being, you know, good or bad, A and B kind of thing, do you think that those people who are unfaithful during their bachelor and or bachelorette parties should opt out of the marriage? I mean, I mean yeah, you should. Like, you don't, you have, it's not a, it's not a hall pass. It's not a free pass, you know? I mean, hall passes are messed up. We can get on that at another time. But it's not a day of per se freedom of where you are actually single and you can do whatever you want. Like we are still in a committed relationship before this day, even after this day. So if you want to decide to be unfaithful on this one day where you think it's gonna be okay, you can go the other way. We'll call this off, we'll go. Um and I mean I think that plays a big problem on the psyche as well is the whole freedom aspect or temptation aspect is like even if you even if you are faithful and then you continue to the next day the second day after is your wedding you know you you know there's temptation but like how does that work with your psyche as the partner to this person who was being tempted you know like it, it i don't know it wouldn't fit well with me well i mean Okay, your your significant other's tempted at mm -hmm. this bachelor bachelorette party, right? Mm -hmm. And they say no. Do you feel better because they said no in the face of temptation? Do you feel assured that they are committed to you? Do you feel, or do you feel upset because they were tempted? You know. Yeah, I mean, you can be upset because you're tempted because typically the bachelor parties, bachelor parties are thrown by the friends. So they decide whatever crazy shit is going to go down. Um, sorry, can you ask that word down? Because that. So, okay, yeah, no, it's, it's you know, do you hold the bachelor or bachelorette party mm -hmm. if nothing happened against your significant other or do you let it go? It's something that happened. Yeah, I mean, at some point, nothing went on. You have to grow to let it go, right? I mean, given if there's temptation or not, there's temptation in the regular world. Now, it could have been a denied, a denial of temptation because it could be a stripper and one person who was there you never met, you know? But you can work with this guy you work with for 10 years. You can be in the same workplace and say you've never grown feelings for somebody or say you've never been tempted. But in the back of that person's mind, they've been trying something. Right. Right. So there's always going to be temptation. So I can't say that bachelorette party is going to be a slide through and just, okay, you're good for the rest of the relationship because you deny some random dude, some random person you don't know. But, you know, you have a relationship growing with somebody outside of our home as well. Right. That I don't know that, you know, that temptation is going to be even larger. So it, it and then it comes down to a point of you just can't trust nobody. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like it, it could so it could come off in the form of jealousy. Okay. Right. I think jealousy is, you know, the worst thing to bring to a marriage. A hundred percent. You can't be jealous because you know. I mean, look, 
you were attracted to the person you're with. Mm-hmm. So someone else is going to be. 100%. And you can't hold that against your significant other. You can't. You're right. Right. I know, I'm, but I know a lot of people who do, who go, yeah. look, you know, that guy's looking at you. Why don't you tell him to piss off or say no or whatever? Right. You know? So nine times out of ten, it's not in their control. Like, right. Well, no. And, and to be fair, you know, mm-hmm. um, on, on anybody's standpoint, you know, why didn't why didn't you tell her to stop looking at you? Because um, you don't make me feel pretty. She did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so I said thank you. You know, and mm-hmm. and you know, is that cheating? No, you just said thank you. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And <laughs> I mean, this is you know a super huge slope. You know, we yeah. can go down or whatever yeah. rabbit hole. But again, you know, I think if you if you love, honor, and trust your partner, there's there's a mutual respect there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jenny lets me go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I let Jenny go anywhere because of the mutual trust and respect. 100%. You know, Jenny will say, look, where are you going? Because I don't trust any of those women that are there, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, if you if you trust me, then it's cool. And she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Go ahead and go. Yeah. You know, and I'm the same way. Um, I don't trust any dude because I know how dudes are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know, and Jenny works in the car industry with nothing but guys, mm-hmm. you know, and and you guys know Jenny. She can be naive from time to time. And mm-hmm. She's like, no, these guys are just really friendly. And I'm like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're guys. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what we are. <laughs> right, right. We know who that is because we are them. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. And so she's like, no, that's not the way it is. They, you know, they see me as a mom figure or whatever. And, okay, you're right. No, I get it there there have been women at work that i've seen as a mom figure or whatever absolutely but you know oh do they hang around you most of the day well yeah okay he doesn't see you as a mother figure you know and but do i go down there and beat up every dude she works with no there's a level of trust okay do whatever you do you know and it's is she gonna let anything interfere with you know her providing for you know her family her son her you know the household no you know it's not the person she is you know um i saw this thing and it might have been on it, it correct me if i'm wrong if it wasn't on your instagram but i saw this thing that said i don't care about your love if your loyalty doesn't come with it well, and I love that. You know what I'm saying? I love that. You know, okay, you're right. You know, you can tell me you love me all day long, but if your loyalty's not there, you know, that that's just words. You know? For sure. I don't have loyalty and love, because love really don't mean jack. See, love is just a feeling you can love somebody and still stab many back. But I mean, so yeah, I want to transition. We did talk about that. I, I do want to get into something a little bit deeper uh, in the sense of male mental awareness because I am young. Um, as I grew up, early 2000s, we were still taught you need to be a man, you can't show emotion. You can't show feelings. Um, you cry. You're gay, right? You wear you wear certain clothing. You're you're a female. So it was very toxic growing up. Um, just just us three guys just sitting here. How would you say 
your perspective on the male mental awareness in our society is, is going. Like, where are we at? It's terrible. It's getting better slowly, but even today, it's terrible. Um, look, it's deep, but mm-hmm. it is, you know, and, and no, I, I, you know, saw stuff from my age, TV in the eighties, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, you'd have the dad on TV going, look, you don't show your feelings. You bottle them up and you die of a heart attack in your forties, like a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, oh. Let's do it. That's what we do. That's how we do it, you know? And then I tease my wife and go, look, that's how it is. But she's scared to death because I'm in my 40s now, you know? Yeah. And she's like, wait, you bottled everything down your wife? Gosh, you can't die of a heart attack. now." I was like, look, it's inevitable. I'm sorry. That's the way I was taught. Uh, I think mental health is getting better. I think when I was a, a, a kid, Anybody, any man going to therapy was taboo. Mm-hmm. Now more men are going to therapy. It's not a bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, looked highly upon it. Oh, you're going to therapy. That's awesome. You know, talk it out, get it, get it out with somebody or something. But even, even my son last Father's Day had to have his appendix removed, right? And that was the end of literally what I've said is the worst week of my life up till now. I mean... Bullets were just flying at me from everywhere, right? But at the end of that week, my baby was, you know, hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to put him through surgery, right? So you got to call the family because, you know, your kid's got to be put under. He's got to, so I call everybody. Mm-hmm. And out of everybody I talked to in my family, first words out of their mouth, how's Jenny doing? Not mm-hmm. one person asked me how I was doing. Right. So it's still a thing. For sure. It's just something we got to deal with. I mean, we're, we're how, how do you feel in in our world? You know, we're we're we are the same age. How how are we at with where we're at in this world about that? Are we talking mental health period or specifically meant? Well, I want to start specifically men because we are right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mental health in the world period is, I think, is at a, I I say downslope because it's more shown but that can also be looked at as a uprise because it's more shown people are more open and prone to talk about it so it's a good thing um but yeah right now i do just want to open up just just to us men because like like joe said we're we're taught to bottle things up you know you 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 did that thing where you take an empty water bottle you twist it you pop the cap and it explodes right i mean i'm sure we've all been there where we are that bottle twisting and we hold it and we hold it and we hold something and somebody can say hi to you the wrong way. And the day's over with, bro. You're punching things you want things over with. You know I'm saying that that one little tick. So like with men, men's mental awareness, it's not brought to the table, you know? Like it's always, uh, it's always you're the strong guy. You have to have the backbone. But it's not all the time where we can have the backbone. You know, we can't. We need to be able to sit back and, and cry about something or, or look away and just, and just worry about us for a second. Um to get into that as far as men's mental men's mental health is shit speaking from a first-hand experience i was depressed for about four years and to this day i still don't have anybody asking me how i'm doing i don't have anybody who checks up on me i don't have anybody who i i personally feel genuinely actually cares about my life there's so many people i 
come across and I show genuine love and I'm, you know, I have the best intentions for everybody I ever come around and I have no intention of harming anybody in any kind of way. And yet, no matter what, it's not like I'm putting that negative energy into the world to receive it back, but no matter what's coming about, I'm receiving that negative energy. When I was depressed, you know, I would, you know, make a post on social media that was slightly sadder than all the other ones. And I literally had people swiping up on my shit, asking me why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I would tell them like, this is how I'm feeling. Don't do that. Right. You shouldn't be posting about this. Right. You shouldn't be posting this on social media. And there's actually people, females saying this to me. And it's just like, you guys understand how deep the surface is. like. I could get into the trauma that I experienced in the past, but you know, that's for a whole different mm -hmm. segment. But there's still, to this day, there's a countless amount of people who I can bring around, who I can do everything for and things like that. And never, not once will anybody ever, and it's been proven up until this day, sit there. And no matter how many times I talk about it, no matter how many times I bring it up, I can go, I can wake up tomorrow, there still won't be anybody to ask me how I'm doing. This is not gonna be anybody asking me how my day is going, how I'm doing mentally. And I ask that question to everybody. Come on, I'm not, I'm the kind of person where if I come up to you and I ask you how you're doing, you, I'm doing good. Okay, what's going on? What, I'm gonna break down everything about you. I'm gonna ask you more questions in depth as to what I actually wanna know about you to make sure you're actually okay and you're not lying to me. Whereas me, I'm one of those people because what we've been taught as men, hey, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Let's brush it off. Yeah. Nobody ever asks that deeper question to find out what's actually going on in your head when in reality, there's so many of us that are fighting so many countless battles, not only because, you know, some of us have women issues and women are putting them down and da 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 da. People such as myself have family and friendship problems that can't seem to ever fix themselves and they hear themselves. And it's things like that where a lot of people are just brushing over the surface and just, you know, we're still trying to make us operate under that. Oh, you're a man. You're not supposed to be doing this and this and this. You're not supposed to be doing that and that. You're not supposed to sit here and cry. You're not supposed to go outside and be sad. And you're supposed to go outside and smile and be happy that you go to work. Be happy that you woke up. Be happy that you get to drive your car and pay all the bills. And da -da -da. no, it's, that's not what life is for us. Life is about happiness for us, the same as it is for everybody else. And I feel like that point oftentimes leaves more people's brains than it sits on it. Yeah. No, 100%. It's, it's something we, we can, man, I just want to talk about it because it is something that has been on my mind. Not not that I anything's been wrong with me, but like just, just things from the past. You know, things come up. I've been through some stuff. Uh, I mean, family-wise, relationship-wise, shit, shit goes sour, bro. Yeah, it, makes you, it makes you end up in a, in a bad place. No, and again, we've all been through, you know, mm -hmm heartfelt dire shit in our lives you know what yeah. i'm saying growing up you know crazy crazy shit um but again yeah men it's it's never supposed to be talked about right. you know and and even like you know chris rock said you know it's only women children and dogs who are loved unconditionally mm -hmm. you know yeah. men are behind dogs being sure. loved unconditionally we're only loved for what we can provide mm -hmm. But that's been in all of history. Yeah. And it's come down to where it's almost uh it's it's like a repetitive thing. You know, it's it's you don't think about it, but it happens. Right. Right. We are on the back burner. Yeah. Because of what we have to bring. And to men <laughs> I think I think men don't ask other men how they're doing because we're fighting so many of our own demons. Mm -hmm. So we forget to check up on each other, you know? And 
you know, it's like, okay, how do we fix it? You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, as, as me personally, okay, look, I want to vent and tell you how I'm really doing it, but you know, I know the shit I'm going through, you're probably going through, and I don't want to dump my shit all over you. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, you know, how men are wired to think. Okay, look, I don't want to add to your problems. You know, this is my shit. I got to deal with it. You know, so, so man, how do we, how do we fix that? You know? And I got the answer right here for all of our listeners, everybody here at the Crown Podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining us one more time. And I also want to give you guys the answer to the question. The question being, how do we fix the issue of mental health going sour amongst everybody? Not only males, even that's what we talked about. We're not only talking males, we're talking people in general. And I want to start by telling you guys, you know, it's something as simple as asking somebody how they're actually doing. You know, you got to get into the depth of people. You got to get past people's first natural instinct. And that's always to look at you, say they're good and move on. You actually have to show people the genuine concern you have for them. Don't let anybody brush you off. Make sure you're asking them exactly what you want to know. Make sure you're getting into depth. Make sure that you're letting them feel comfortable enough to know that they can talk to you about anything and everything. That person such as myself, if you guys want to message me personally, feel free, please. I'm willing to talk to you guys about anything, help you guys through whatever situation. But the main thing is to acknowledge the fact that we are all people. We all make mistakes and we all go through something. So care for somebody else the way that you would want somebody to care for you at all times. That's the only way. We all learn that golden rule as a kid. Treat people how you want to be treated. It's real more than it ever has been for mental health because of how bad people are doing. We've lost so many lives, not only to death, but to suicide and so many other things. It's time now to actually genuinely show the care you have for the people you love. If you say you love somebody, show that you love them. Stop just saying the words. Make sure that you're checking on them every day. Making sure that you're asking them how they're doing, if they need anything from you, because the help that you can provide to somebody will not always be financial. A lot of people need more help further beyond financials, and that is where the main root is. Everybody thinks money will fix your problems. Money will not. Money will help you gain more problems, and that's all it will ever do. The love that you have inside of your heart and transfer from yourself into somebody else is how you fix all the problems in the world. You can gain as much money as you can, but as long as you move with that love in your heart and you spread it amongst the other people around you, the world will get better and you'll start feeling a lot better. I'm speaking from a personal experience myself. I was in the darkest hole and I started showing that I actually genuinely cared about people and I'm starting finally somewhere along the lines to start getting that love back in return. So it can make small things can have major results. Don't forget that the smallest thing you can think of doing for somebody can have the greatest impact on somebody. As far as letting somebody know that their shoes untied, it lets you know that you're paying attention to them. Letting offering a couple chips out of your bag. So that person may have been starving the whole day. There's just simple things that you guys can think of and that can help somebody in so many ways because there's so many things that are untalked about and you can help people without having to actually touch base on whatever is bothering them. You just got to be a wholehearted, genuine person and make sure you're moving with good intentions at all times. So yeah, that's that would be the way to fix the mental health decline in society now. Hopefully with this being said and put out there now, lives can start being changed and saved tomorrow. 
you know, I want to see suicide numbers go down. I want to see depression numbers go down. I want to see everybody in such a beautiful place. I want to see a smile on everybody's face when I walk outside. I don't want to see no mean modes. I want everybody to be in this perfect utopia that we can all achieve just by caring for one another. For sure. 100%, brother. What is going on, gang? Stone here from the Crown Podcast. This is a little post-production once again. If you made it this far, you, of course, just heard that beautiful, wonderful monologue straight from our guy, Byron the Poet. And, you know, just just to pick up from that, man, we, we want to pass on the love to everybody around. You know, those who are listening, those who aren't listening, those who will eventually find us, right? We just want to give the message to uh, grab the person next to you, you know, give them a hug, ask them how, the day, how their day was. And, and we want that to pass on to the next person, right? But with that being said, guys, we appreciate you for tuning in every week with us, sticking there with us through technical difficulties, through the physical difficulties, whatever it is. All right. We love you. We love the next person that's listening. I'm rambling. Love you guys. See ya.